0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hope here with Tom Jacobs. Tom, how's it going?
1: Uh, I'm still heartbroken for you again, Guido. Just uh, he's there, isn't he? He's there, but he's not. I mean, Eastberger was pretty much in control, wasn't he? So, you know, it's, it's not quite as heartbreaking as Richard Bland beating you. But uh, yeah, it's tough.
0: I mean, back-to-back solo seconds in a step-up in caliber events. You know, I can't be that mad at this last one your exact point i mean burn did nothing wrong 16 under was a heck of a number to post but i mean burns back nine five under just floated to victory did literally any thought you had a glimpse of of a hope it was gone a whole later i mean even when he put it in the water on saturday morning i was like okay here we go Six to three feet just a bogey nothing big bounces back um, yeah, I mean, he was in cruise control all week long. I love that course. So I think Hemmerlin's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I do. And I think we kind of said, didn't we, that there was quite a glaring gap between Wiesberger and the rest of the group and, and McIntyre and and not to sort of buddy on McIntyre, but it, it kind of showed that, you know, Wiesberger's not that far behind in terms of quality, in fact, behind at all. Um, he's just not the guy that you see doing it for the next decade. Um, but we, well, you know, I said four wins now over the last, you know, year or so it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly impressive and he's going to be a guy that's probably going to miss out on the Ryder Cup spot and, and the way he's playing, he's probably, uh, probably deserving of one.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty close that, that European tour bottom of the list, man, is going to be incredibly interesting. Um, just to see where they end up for the rankings. Of course, we do have a couple majors, three majors to left to earn points. Um, and don't discount Guido. You know, I mean, his name popped up for the first time on the, the bottom of that Ryder Cup list. Um, and he, what well, he's now confirmed in Tory. So we get to talk about that. You know, he's at the U.S. Open. We get to spend a whole hour breaking down hole by hole how Guido's going to attack that week. So I think that's going to be my favorite preview of the year. Thousands to one, probably top 20. Spoiler alert, Sky is going to bet Guido <laughs> at the U.S.
1: Open. Just, Absolutely. You know, just saying.
0: Bet365 threw him up there at 250-1 to already, so we see that. But, um, no, I'm excited for him. Obviously, Bland is now in the U.S. Open. Burned is locked back in. It looks like Adrian Moronk is locked in as well. So those final six spots look up for grabs. So it's always fun when these guys that are kind of in form uh, make a run at it. And the Open qualification is coming very soon, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just going on to this week, and we—it's it's a very strange schedule as we we'll go on to I'll let you go on to in a sec. And um, we've got two very clear favourites, haven't we, at, at the moment? And the hope is that they do stay in the event. Um, you know, just for you know to boost it up. But I know you're very wary of how well they fit the golf course, how well they suit the event, how they're probably a step up from ev- everyone else in the field. Um. So they're six and eight to one. But Bernd Biesberg is there again at sixteen to one, plays well in Germany, plays well here. Um, you know, I'm I don't start my card there and we we both start fairly later on. But I just thought it was interesting again that he still seems a little bit not disrespecting the market because there are two fine players ahead of him, but seems a decent number.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think to your point, let's just intro right into the week Um, and we'll note it off with the fact that this event is starting on Saturday. So it's going to be reduced to 54 holes. So three rounds, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there was some travel issues for any golfer that had spent time in the UK prior to coming into Germany. So they could have been there before going to last week's event in the Denmark, then they had to stay I think it's like a 10 day quarantine or, or some number of days that they couldn't get there so literally some of them that were in the UK prior to Maiden Himmerland are not able to arrive in Germany until Friday, and then they're going to tee off on Saturday so I don't have a list of golfers that did that various ones, even if they're from there could have been out of the country in time, but, um, that is why they have made that change. And again, 54 holes now for this tournament. So I think it's a rather interesting combination because you're exactly right. I'm incredibly nervous about Abraham answer and, um, and Paul Casey, you know, fitting this course beautifully. We're playing green Eagle golf course. We've seen this course now the last three times here, Paul Casey was the last winner. We saw Richard McAvoy out of nowhere won that tournament when Bryson blew up on that Sunday. And then Jordan Smith was the first winner here at this golf course. What do you think of Green Eagle?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you've got to have an English guy on your cards, you know, three three times playing the course, three times winners. Um, it's, it's great. I think you've got the a chances. It's fairly long, but you've got a chance to, to get to par fives. There's one uh, towards the end of the course. It's a 600 yard. It did actually play over par. Um, so they're not gimmies but you do need to make your score on those par fives and and really and truly i think you've got you've got a chance for the big drivers to go out there and, and make use of it um a little bit of a different test to what we've seen over the last few weeks and and i think it's a good course really i think that it's a fair test i think it's enough to keep it interesting. i mean when you see richard McAvoy winning um you know Bryson was right there you know it makes it's strange, isn't it? You see the guys that com- t- competed that year, that Richard McAvoy won. Christopher Blomstrand, John Allen as an amateur, was second. Renato Parasori was second there as well. And you look at the mix of players up uh, when Paul Casey won. Robert McIntyre was second. Bernd Ritthammer, we've talked about an awful lot. Matthias Schwab. So the real mix of players there. Um, so I don't think anyone can really be ruled out. I think it brings both into play. Um, and, and as we've just mentioned there, an amateur came second. And, and obviously we're going to speak about some uh, some long shots later on.
0: Oh, you know it. Because I do think, you know, eliminating 18 holes, you know, I think the more golf that is played, the best golfers always rise to the top. So taking away 18 holes, I think, you know, makes a huge difference. And normally you see this in the first round leader markets. Of course, it's just one round, but you see the odds of those that are normally the favorites. Potentially, you know, they they almost double those odds in some aspects, but then they also reduce those that are the long shots and bring those down because of the increased variance. Well, that didn't happen on the odds boards this week. You know, it seems relatively priced to a 72-hole tournament, so I think there continues to be opportunities. And again, I'm going to attack it. If you see who has played well at this course, it is just simply ball strikers. You know, Bob was relatively clear of the field through you know the the first two uh event or first two rounds saturday he blew up came back contended a bit on sunday again but yeah i just think it's prototypical Paul Casey likes Abraham answer likes that can play well at this course. And why my nerves are up there, but you mentioned these guys are quite short. Six, eight to one are the numbers you can get on them. So I don't think, you know, again, we're, we're not here to, to talk 35 minutes, 40 minutes on why we think these runaway outright uh, leaders could come from the top two. Like I said, I'm going to bet guys that probably their each-way odds are paying more than all of these guys. If not, their top 10 odds. So um, that's where I'm going to really back it up on this card. Is there anybody from the top of the leaderboard that stands out to you? So the closest
1: I came was between Laurie Cancer and Adrian Moronk. Um, and they both, you know, shortened fairly significantly in the market, which I think they should have done. I think they opened up quite big. We've seen Laurie Kanzer has been trending in the right direction with his irons over the last three or four starts. Adrian Ronk's has just been playing excellent golf all season long. So you certainly expect him to break through at some point. And I think this is a course you can do that on. Um, so they were really the, the two closest, but the guy that you picked, uh, first of all, I think is, is the one that really stands up for me.
0: Agreed. And it's the winner that we mentioned the first time this course was played, um, Jordan Smith. I mean, Jordan Smith's recent trends. And, and I guess what gives me a little bit of hope is, is his putter struggles. You know, we know that's why Smith, arguably hasn't broken through to what his talent really has him at. I mean, we saw on Sunday this past week, so he finishes third in Himmerlin where he was starting his trend up. You could see it coming a little bit and he putted quite well on Sunday. He played, you know, overall, I think, a true you know solid event almost every single turn or around if you look at it you know he was minus one then minus four minus four minus six off the tee especially he was second off the tee on saturday first off the tee on sunday and finally that putter turned on sunday which got him to take a little bit deeper um you know he has of course the win here comfortability i expected a little bit lower of a number i think 45s is very fair um you know i thought just because of him being uh historical winner here might see 33s even but yeah i'm definitely starting my car with jordan smith
1: yeah and i think like you said there it is the comfortability back so like you know this is a guy that we've talked about a few times Well, he's been a long number Thinking, you know in terms of ball striking he's always going to give you a chance it's just a case of the path of turning well where to where is he going to be confident on the green summary one before hasn't been as impressive as you would hope since that win here um but you know what he did last week what he's done here in 2017 uh, you know he's plenty good enough and you'd like to say he's a player that we've been expecting to break through and I can see him doing it again here we, we see players win uh multiple tournaments at the same course you know quite often we're going to go on to a guy that's done it earlier um you know so yeah I, I think he's a good bet I think that he's a decent number um and yeah I think we can save on the top of the market with him
0: Yeah, and I think it's a perfect kind of in-between. Again, his each-way odds are going to pay out more than Casey and Answers' outright odds – you, know, you get six places, maybe seven places overseas on him. I think it's a very, you know, value-driven, you know, trend specific with some course history to it. So very intrigued by Jordan Smith. And then I got to back it up pretty deep for my next one. Is there anybody else kind of in that mid-range? You mentioned Moronk. Um, that kind of stood out to you. I, I think there could potentially be, again, U.S. Open I guess, giddiness, anticipation, you know, he, he's just going to be headed off to the States to finish this event. So it's his heart all the way in it. You know, again, a lot of these guys are fighting, not just for that, the open qualification, like we mentioned is very close, Where they take the top five guys on the race to Dubai of those that aren't already qualified for the uh, open championship because there's some carryover from previous race to Dubai's it's not as many spots as usual. So it's going to be very tight at the top don't you worry Guido is inside the top 10 on the race to Dubai. We're going to see him out there in Dubai competing for a victory right now. So he would be in the open if things held, but a lot of time does, um, you know, kind of hold between us, but Marcus Armitage, I thought was interesting. Um, a little bit deeper. Is there anybody here before we go into uh, the next selection?
1: No. So for me, you mentioned Armitage and he hit his irons really well last week. We know when he's a guy that when he does strike his arms, you kind of pay attention. I just, I, kind of a bit of a negative towards him and generally haven't kind of got over that. Um but you mentioned about Jordan Smith and Model Lights as well. I don't know if you kind of took it into account, but how he's played in Germany in general as well. Uh, he's got a third place finish at the bmw International Open, led after fifty four holes there. So I think he's a guy that would really benefit from the shortened uh event. And yeah, I put a lot not a lot of stock, but I put some stock in the location
0: form, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one, you know, element yourself, you bring to the table really good with these corollary courses really good with the areas of the world that might have some similar similarities so like hearing that the next golfer I am going to go to is one that um, we mentioned on the PGA championship recap a golfer that honestly if he had a putter. Any sort of a putter would have finished much better than where he did. He was third in Tita green um, behind Phil and Brooks Kepka, but still finished 44th, the PGA championship. So enough under the radar that they dropped an 80 to one for Daniel Van Tonder. Recent winner on the European Tour in Kenya. Um, he was at a playoff shortly after on the Challenge Tour and then has those events that he did uh, at the PGA Championship. I think it is a steal of a deal for Van Tonder.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the only slight concern for me is that it's been very much Africa, South Africa. His sunshine tournament, very dominant over there. But um, then his win obviously came in Kenya and he competed again on the Challenge Tour in South Africa. But he also hasn't had that many chances. Like, it's not, you know, he went out to the PJ Championship, like you said just absolutely full-struck the nuts off the ball um, and, and played really well. You know, tied 44th, when you look at it, doesn't sound great, but it's a big occasion for him. And um, there were some guys down there at the similar sort of, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, Tyrrell Hatton, Roy McIlroy, Sam Walsfield, guys that we, we mentioned an awful lot. Bob McIntyre was there, he beat him, you know. So, that, you know, there was some really impressive stuff and he, he never really. Well, he kept a really big number off his card all week. And and for me, if he can do that in a major field, then stepping up to we call it a step up to the European tour event this week. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. I think what he does this week will be telling because I think this is a really good course for him. Um and if he can really step up and, and impress in his leaderboard, we can expect to do it for a long time on the European tour.
0: Uh completely agree. I think these are now with some status, with you know, some I guess not as much pressure potentially to have the life-changing win like he did in Kenya that gets him yeah. into all these European tour events you know it is probably a load off of his shoulders where um he could actually set up his schedule be able to play and to your point he is a phenomenal off the tee golfer. That is something that he is up there with some of the the tops in the world. I, I truly believe with this distance that he can have, how well he obviously struck at Kiowa, I would really really like to see him get into the Tory Pines field because I think he could do something similar to what he did. So I am there at the 80s. Let's talk to the next golfer that uh we are both on here just a little bit deeper knots. Yeah, so oh, I'll try who
1: is now? Who have we got? Who are we doing?
0: Um, so he would have had, you you know, a great putter, can never find this golfer in form. He once took his shoes off on the back nine of a victory. Um, Pablo Larathabel. La I always get yes. Jose Maria Olathabo and Pablo Larathabel mixed up, but I think I nailed both of those.
1: You did. They're absolutely superb. <laughs> and I don't know why my mind went blank, because he's the player that I actually think is the best value of the week. There's another guy at a similar price that I was, I was thinking I was going to talk about. Um, but he's superb, um, and this is a, we talk about the B&W International Open, two victories over there, um, and then he's played really well here, already on his debut last year, and like you say, he struck the ball incredibly well in Denmark last week, so the, he's a guy, for me, I find it really hard, because whenever it looks like it should be perfect for him, he seems to miss the cut, and then he'll go and do what he did last week and play really, really well. And that's the slight concern, but I think that's factored into the 90 to one, because if he was consistent all the time, then he would be 33, 41 goal. That,
0: that is the biggest fear is you you don't see the signs out of Pablo, you know, ultimately it's, you know, baked in, hopefully to what you said is the numbers. I I anticipated a decent, a bit lower as well for him kind of reading through the tea leaves of the stats. And again, so European tour has had data since 2018. um, So not, you know, in the history of, of Pablo uh, forever, but you know, he won the 2019 Alfred Dunhill championship. That was a tournament, which he literally was having blisters on his feet that he couldn't get through the back nine without taking his shoes off, rolling on the ground a little bit. Um, But he had, you know, great ball striking that week, but last week, his approach numbers were better than I've ever tracked on him on the European tours data. So, it's a lot to ask, but the number is not much to really be seeking for. So, and he also has a seventh place finish here. And I love the correlation that you said with two victories at the BMW international. So I think Pablo presents to your point, almost with Van Tonder, in my opinion, the two most value uh, outrights, in my opinion of the week.
1: Yeah. And he was never outside the top 10 on that debut as well, which is really impressive. Um, And like you say, he's got those two uh, wins over at the BMW international open. They, They could mean they're not, they're not, the biggest course correlations but you know they are both from germany he's got two top nines in the 14th there as well so he, he really does love this part of the world um and i just think there's an awful lot to that another guy in very similar vein at a similar price as well is ross fisher um i mentioned last week that his uh irons were trending and i kind of ignored him uh, and then he obviously turned up but he's very similar in the sense of the bmw international open he was ninth and eighth there, eighteenth and eleventh as well. And then he's got a fifth and a second in this event um, at the previous course, which, you know, doesn't, you know, stick up so much. But it's again, it's location form for me. He was second to Alexander Levy in that playoff and he got reduced to 54 holes. He was 46th there last year, which isn't great, but just you know, fifth and tenth for the last two weeks of to show it's been approach. Plenty of room for improvement on him because of his putting. Like about he's very Streaky, he's a guy that both of them have won multiple times in the European Tour. You know they can turn it on when they get in the hunt, and, and I like those kind of players. And I think they're at this kind of level because, as we've just said about La about you when it seems to when the stars align for him, he doesn't turn up, and then he'll go and do what he does in Mexico at WGC. You know, it's, he's that type of player. Um, he's getting slightly, you know, long in the tooth now, um, slightly older in years, but I think he's still got a chance of winning here, especially with the the English contingent that have done here in the past.
0: He was probably the last one I, I left off very close on Ross Fisher. I ended up siding with a golfer that you're intrigued on um, as well in, in Shubakar Sharma. You yeah. know, Sharma and Fisher, in my opinion, are hand in hand with their recent trends of ball striking. Um, but what really got me, I think, is ideally this course, this course is very long, you know, and it doesn't necessarily need you to be distance driven. I actually think accuracy is more important here and sharma just edges you know both armitage and fisher who are both the trending ball strikers in that accuracy in my opinion so that's where i ended up siding with shabaka sharma 150s 175s you know again finished eighth just last week you know didn't really sniff contention all that much but continued to be really good from a a ball striking standpoint again i think that is something that he has shown consistency with when his irons kind of turn that it's not a surprise to see him do that, you know, multiple events in a row. He was second tee to green on Saturday, first and off the tee on that day. You know, he ended up being minus six minus four on the weekend, which was, you know, one of these stronger weekends out there. So um, that, in my opinion is just something carry over right there with Ross, Ross, Fisher. I ended up siding with Sharma.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another guy as well. I, like it was kind of an eight, late ad for me. We talk about the picks before we come on and and discuss who we'd like to see, so we know where we're going. Alexander Levy. I, I looked into that location form um, very much something that I don't always use because it sometimes it doesn't really work, but I think it really does work in Germany. Um, and and he's a guy that's you know he he won this event when it was 54 holes as, as we just mentioned to Rush Fisher. Um, he was in the playoff loser um, later to Jordan Smith. And then he was third and 12th at the International Open previously as well. And he was first after 54 holes on one of those starts in the International Open. Followed up with a 13th place finish here uh, two starts, three starts ago. Um, he's a guy, we've said it about the last two, he's very unpredictable. We, we saw earlier in the year when we mentioned him when we first started the show where he was trending with his irons and that caught the eye. And we, we were kind of trying to get on to him and he didn't really come through. And I think he's just a guy that you just don't know when it's going to happen. Again, factored into the price. Loves Germany. He's a, a three-digit number. We know he can get the win when he gets into contention. He really does love the fight and battle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, we're we're focusing fifty-four hole event. We have a couple guys at the top of the leaderboard that we feel are strong consideration for you know sweeping this event. Um, but that gives us a lot of opportunity for places. And you look at these odds. We're betting guys. We're seeing places that are three, four times the odds of what their outrights is. And we've had a knack for getting guys up there on the leaderboard. So hopefully we continue these long shots to do that, um, I'll take this time before we get into the real long shots to make sure that you subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks in Bets the Mix on all podcast platforms. Apple has figured out kind of the issue that has been going on. So you should see those podcasts now populate into your podcast app. But again, we are available on all different platforms. So please feel free, rate, review, subscribe for us. We continue the show and efforts from Mayo Media Network and really appreciate all of your support. Um So I have a trio of long shots, but I'm going to take it one by one. I know you have a guy that you fancy. You're debating a little bit if you're going to hop on him. So I'll start with the first one. And again, this is the first one because we have three of them that are 500 and greater uh, this week. So I think, you know, you can even look at the consideration of of top five, uh, top 10, top 20s for some of these guys. But the first one is Benedict Staben. So um, what's intriguing to me, and this one gave me some FOMO um, a little bit last week, is we saw that Staben, or we saw at a home course last week of Lucas Biergard threw about 15 holes, was like in the thick of it, <laughs> tied for first, threw 15 holes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's back. We've created it at his home course. Of course, how do we miss this? You know, I love Muirgaard, hasn't shown any life. Well, Benedict Staben is the only guy listed on the European Tour with Green Eagles as his home course. Pull up his Instagram, all over his Instagram. Now, does his course history back that? Of course not. But he's 500 to one of his last five OWGR events. So he mainly plays on the PGT, the Pro Golf Tour, a little bit of the Nordic Golf League. He has three of them inside the top five, another top ten just last week. 500 to 1, again, like you say, you don't need much to be betting on these guys. It's worth a penny on there. Uh,
1: You know, especially when it's 54 holes, because these are guys that you'd expect. I mean, again, it's the final round, so it doesn't matter. You'll still be nervous going to the final day, but it just seems to be that you can kind of hold it together for three rounds. When you get nervous over a weekend for these younger guys and these these amateur guys, it it really does hit them. I mean, he's he's 750 to 1 over here. Uh, in some places. So it really is incredible. Uh, the guy that I was really undecided about and the someone I've mentioned before, uh, I always remember him from seeing him as Andrews at the Open Championship. Uh, and it's actually Chester's. He's got an eighth and ninth at this golf course. He's got two top 21s, um, in the BMW International Open. He hit his irons really, really well recently. Gone off the boil slightly, which is why I'm a little bit unannounced on on about it. I still don't know if he can actually win a golf tournament. Um, so I just thought 225 to one for someone that's had such good history on the golf course was appealing enough for me.
0: Yeah. Chester's is somebody that you can rely to just be in the short grass and find the greens. If the putter can cooperate, then, you know, he can find himself inside the top 20, but yeah, places, almost places stroke, probably shy in each of those two weeks. Um, but yeah, you, you don't have to tempt much. I think with, with Chester's at a course style like this. So we're gonna go into the version of of getting a little bit deep here. Let's let's start with one that you probably aren't that familiar with, but to me is a household name, and it's Pedro Figuerito. So Pedro is an intriguing golfer who is arguably the most underrated when it comes to strokes gained approach on the European Tour. If you look at what Figuerito has kind of done almost consistently for. I guess the last two years he's had a tour tour card. He finds himself, you know, quite high from what you'd expect from a golfer who is, you know, not making cuts at a regular rate. If at all, he's inside the top 20 on the European tour this year in strokes gained approach. And what's interesting from Pedro is you, you'd feel like, find that hopefully to turn eventually somebody who is that good long-term with their irons, you'd hope would, would see and sniff a leaderboard. And he realistically hasn't, except twice that I can really fondly remember. One was last week, through 36 holes. We saw Pedro right there inside the top 10. And again, his irons continue to trend. We see it go well. Last week, his irons weren't as good as you'd expect them to be. But he still was able to be within the the lead, 36 holes. Weekend, not as great. The other time I vividly remember it was this event in 2019, top 10 through two rounds. Again, the weekend didn't go as planned, but his approach was third that week. So, you know, a couple little correlations there that we see leading up to this. And he had 54 holes. I think it makes a big difference. And my biggest fear is he struggles off the team mightily, he's so short that even his best iron performances aren't like prolific greens and regulation getting close. It's because he's short and not that accurate. You need to be accurate here. And be well with your long irons. Last week of those who made the cut, he led the field in accuracy. So I think that's a lot of points trending for somebody who's seven hundred fifty thousands to one out there um, for 54 hole market, you know, for this week. So Pedro's the first one. Any thoughts on, on Sir Pedro?
1: Well, I liked it and then what you know you mentioned the the 10th place after two rounds here last year or 2019 guess where he was in sixth place after one round
0: B&W B&W International.
1: Okay. yeah so in 2019 he was there he was three behind andrea Pavin in the lead uh he did miss the cut <laughs> he did he did shoot seventy four in the next round um but he you know he obviously has a familiarity with with the with the location he obviously likes the green setups in both places. Um, and like you say, I mean, this is a guy 750 to one. If he outscores himself on DraftKings, if he, you know, if he gives us a run at it over the weekend, you know, it's it's worth it, isn't it? You know, th- this is a guy that he can, you know, we see lesser players and lesser skilled players contend. And, you know, what he does from that over the weekend, we don't know. But hopefully, yeah, he goes up there and has a go
0: Absolutely. And so DraftKings, I think it's a great point. They are looking, they haven't officially put contests up. From a little feedback we've gotten, it looks like it's going to be the showdown formats this week. So that means one day they're going to have three separate days for that because 54 holes, they like to split that up compared to a 72 hole event. They would have had the full event contest. So look to have those three days and he can take a deep one of those days as we've seen him do. The last golfer, there was one that was, I guess, two that were close for me. One that ended up being priced a little bit lower than anticipated when we looked at some of the pro golf tour numbers, which was Yannick De Bruyne. You mentioned him to me as well. 21-year-old amateur, had a sixth-place finish on the PGT last last week as well. He has two other top tens with it. Hasn't broke through from a win, but he was available more in the 300s on 365 at open. The golfer that I am going to go with is another amateur by the name of Matias uh, it's Schmidt. Yeah, S.H. M-I-D, Matthias Schmid, 23 years old, out of Louisville. He's touched the top 20 of the Wagger, the World Amateur Golf Rankings um, in the past. Nothing all that prolific. Obviously, to get your way up there, you've had to have continued success. But the moment that I think things really lit up for me is last week, there was the Dallas sectional. So U.S. Open qualifying is going on. The Dallas sectional, which is a strong field. It's, you know, we saw Veerman qualify in that last week. Scott Piercy was teaming up all of the best Cornberry tour guys were there. Some Some very strong talents that you could arguably say is equal to, you know, a below average European tour field event, you know, a smaller one. I think that's, you know, Maybe not the best equivalent, but it's probably the second, if not the hardest sectional that is out there. He was the medalist there, co-medalist, finished minus nine through two rounds just two weeks ago. So, big opportunity. He is a bomber um, from kind of the looks into it. Ben Coley also tipped him, so the thousands might not be there for the week. But I think Matthias Schmidt, at that number from what we're reading into in the recent form, checks a good bit of boxes. For the thousand to one that was open there on the outright,
1: and and all I would say, and this this I'm just pretty hard myself to my own standards, so everyone else might be far more intelligent than I am. There's someone called Matt Schmidt as well, which don't get confused; it's not the same guy. Uh, I don't know why I think that, but M Schmidt, Schmidt, just be careful. um You mentioned Yannick De Bruyne. I just I really liked him. You know, 21 years of age, we we see guys come up the pro golf tour now. I think forget that that's where Sammy Bellemacher come from. Martin Klymer started there in 2006. It, you know, it's, it's someone that gets played around in Germany an awful lot. Um, and he's eighth in the Order of Merit, you know, right behind Staber there. And they get onto the Challenge Short. It's a big, you know, it's a big step up for him. And he will really want to impress this week in the hope of, you know, securing his card in the Challenge next season and knowing that he can play at that level. There's one other guy that I wanted to mention, uh, Quatera Blanco. Um, he's been hitting his irons absolutely superbly. Uh, Emilio Cross Blanco. He's 500 to 1. He's ranked third and 12th in his last two recorded starts and strokes, gained approach, gaining six strokes in those times. Um, he was 13th after round one in 2019 before shooting 79 to missed the cut. Um, 14th from Cave Town, 22nd in Challenge Top 2 start to go. He opened with 66th in Kenya earlier in the year. 47th Nostra, it's nothing, it's nothing great, but I think like we've mentioned with some other guys, the 54 hole really brings some of these into it. I think also the guys that are not happen to travel over from Himaland, the guys that have not got these logistical issues, they're not flying red eyeing on a Friday, it could be a huge advantage. There's so many unknowns because of what's going on, is it's an unprecedented the situation. These long shots may just find a way through.
0: And we may find ourselves with a couple of field changes before Saturday happens. I wouldn't be surprised to see big names pull out or not be able to travel or, or deem it not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. burned, getting into the U.S. Open, Moronk, we could easily see golfers not end up teeing up on Saturday. This is Tuesday. This is before our preview, before they normally even have a field commitment, you know, on um, the Monday morning. This is, you know, a little bit earlier than that with the delayed start. And then to your, your additional point, looking into some of these long shots and coming off of these smaller tours, we saw this just last week. I mean, Nicholas Norgard Moeller, you know, we had bet him he was up there, he finishes eighth in that yeah. tournament. You know, we see John Axelson lead and approach finish 11th. You know, we saw, um, I mean, Lori Ruska, I believe that was who was the first round leader just last week, all fighting up from the Nordic Golf League. Like these guys do find themselves on the top of the leaderboard more often than you probably would think on the European tour. So I, I definitely think this this event sets up. For us getting some places on these long shots, but let's uh run down the card, Tom. Can you run yours from the top?
1: Yeah. So we're going with uh Ross Fisher and Pablo Larrafabel from the top. I say from the top, it's you know, it's I think that it's a case of not going so short for me. Jordan Smith the likes as well, uh, to your point there. Um, well, yeah, they were just guys for me that really stood out. Um, Xander Lombard actually mentioned. I was really keen on him as well. First 13, 14 strokes going approach recently. Uh, Ashley Chester is someone I'm uh, considering and then Quatero, Blanco, and Yannick De Bruyne.
0: Yep. Love it. Love it. I'm on Jordan Smith with you. 45s with best available. Daniel Van Tonder, 80s. I think really excited for him carrying that over from PGA Championship. Pablo Lorathable at 90. Uh, Lorathable. Lorathable. Pablo Lorathable, right? That's it. Um, Shubankar Sharmer 175, Benedict Staben available in 500. You said 750, Pedro Figuerito 750 to a thousand for him, Matthias Schmid thousand to one. Long shot week. Let's get some places there. Anything else to wrap it up, Tom?
1: No, I think before I tongue time myself anymore, we'll probably move on for the week. But uh, yeah, long shot season's got me all giddy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have the U.S. Women's Open this week. I know you guys did a preview yeah. talking about a little bit more. Excited for that event. Big week ahead, and we're right around the corner from Tory Pines. Guido Migliazzi, first major. Thank you guys again for tuning in for another week of the European Tour. Picks and bets. Best of luck, everybody. <laughs>